Welcome back to another episode of Sports with a Z and a T. I am Bryce Zielinski alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are obviously recording, as you know, a day late as usual. We typically air on a Wednesday. We are airing on a Thursday, recording on said Wednesday, because I didn't get back from Vegas until about 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So uh, <laughs> did not have time to do the show, obviously, but we had a... Um, interesting weekend i mean i had a great weekend out in vegas uh <laughs> outside of my as long as you didn't team. pay attention to your uh to your teams you probably uh, had a great weekend yeah exactly <laughs> and uh we'll we'll get to that as well and taylor i know you had a great weekend with the guys in johnstone supply uh in yeah. Albany. so so we both had pretty busy weekends and uh that starts off with college football and uh a lot of college football <laughs> heartbreak um, two top 10 teams <laughs> fell. Oklahoma State fell to Iowa State and uh, Penn State fell to Illinois in <laughs> nine overtimes. Uh, the longest game in the college football era ever. <laughs> um, I was traveling during the game and you know, I, I, I had Wi-Fi on the plane and I was like, eh, you know, I, I can miss some of it. You know, when I land, that's fine. We're going to we're going to beat Iowa and get ready for Ohio State. And I land in Vegas and it's the third quarter and I turn it on. and It's 10 to 7 Penn State. And I'm like, don't like that. Um, <laughs> don't like that at all. So I, I found I found a bar because uh, I had to wait for you know, my my dad to show up. Uh, he flew in later and uh, was at a bar. Um, drank a lot and stressed out a lot for <laughs> nine overtimes, and uh, it was a disappointment. Uh, Penn State fell from seven to twenty uh, because of it. Their college football playoff hopes are dead. Um, yep. A lot of speculation now that James Franklin will be moving on from Penn State at the end of the year. Um, his name you hear obviously. A lot of rumors. His name has obviously been rumored to go to LSU and or USC. Um, mm-hmm. My gut says that he will still be at Penn State. I never really believe those. It happens every year because he of the recruiting that he does. He does a great job wherever he goes. He's going to be a popular name. However, this is a program that is bringing in the number one class in 2022, including the number one overall quarterback in 2022 um so th- there's a lot of very very good young talent on that on its way and i just have a hard time believing franklin's going to leave that however with that being said penn state is out of the college football playoff picture and we have a new top 10 obviously um cincinnati kind of found itself in a closer game than expected against navy but they did move on to seven and zero. uh they are number two in the nation georgia obviously stayed at one Bama, with their drubbing of Tennessee, is mm-hmm. at three. Oklahoma moved down to four. So that is your college football playoff. As of now, this is the last week that we will be looking at the AP Top 25. Starting next week, we will be discussing using Maybe. the college football playoff committee selection. So I expect some movement here because Ohio State – is going to be playing Penn State now. Am I saying Penn State's going to win this game? No. But that would be another resume builder for Ohio State to move up into the top four and probably bump Cincinnati out. 
um, quite mm-hmm. simply because I, I just don't believe, and we've talked about this at length before, Cincinnati just is not um, as good of a resume uh, provider as a Big Ten team like Ohio State would be. Michigan is now 7-0. Yep. and Oregon 6-1 and at 7. Michigan State... With a bye week, still at seven and zero, they play. They have a big game this week. Michigan and Michigan State is probably the game of the week, um, and then Iowa moved back into the top ten at six and one, and Ole Miss found itself back in the top ten at six and one. So, outside of obviously my heartbreak, Taylor um, and Oklahoma State, which we had our reservations about anyway, losing yeah. to Iowa State, pretty much chalk. Yeah, pretty much chalk. I didn't think we that we would have much movement after this week. But I mean, Penn State obviously surprised you, surprised me. I didn't think that they were going to lose to Illinois. Um, I nobody. (laughs) Well, we were. uh, I obviously went on the Johnstone Supply trip to U Albany, so that's what I was doing for a lot of Saturday, at least prime time football viewing Saturday. Um, we had a lot of fun and the people who came out, we had, a, we had a pretty good time. Um, if there's ever another one, I encourage everyone to go. Now, is you Albany a very good team? No, <laughs> they're not. They are now 0 and seven. They were in 0 and six, obviously coming into the game and then they lost. Oh, wow. They, I didn't, they're 0 and yeah, seven. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Let me tell you, it was not a very good game because you yeah, Albany doesn't really have much offense going right now. Um, they they really struggled to move the ball, and even against a team like Maine, it was just bleh. Um, and they had a chance to win the game at the end. They had they had the ball with I think about four minutes left, and they were down by three. So they had a chance to tie or win the game, and they they just couldn't. They puttered it out, and so that was that. But we had fun. We were right behind the end zone. We had great. It wasn't really seats. We were just standing up, and uh, they had a bar back there, and we were just drinking. And it was it was a really fun time. Um, we got nice t-shirts, uh, but on the way home, or at least we were on the bus getting ready to go. Um, we all got the alert on our phone, like Penn state in eight overtimes. <laughs> we're like, Oh shit. Um, so I was talking with our friends, uh, Trav and Rigney over from, you know, the Trav and Rigney show, um, ch- go check those guys out. They're awesome. Um, but we were like, Oh damn. So, uh, Trav pulled it up on his phone and we watched basically the 10th overtime because by the time we got in they were at like the end of the ninth overtime so we literally like turned it on it like came back from commercial and then we saw the the final play and it was it was really shocking um so <laughs> that, me. i mean the, the rough for you but it, when i look at the rankings like you said i think we both uh are leaning towards thinking that cincinnati is probably not going to be in the top four when the team makes it. they just don't have a good enough resume i mean the only like we said, the only real team that they've beaten is Notre Dame. And like at, at this point, that doesn't, I mean, they're 11th, but like, you know, you got to have more than that on your resume and going forward, they don't have anyone really to speak of uh, either. So I, I expect them to be out probably uh, Ohio state in, I would think. And then Michigan and Michigan state are going to eat the, eat each other um, this week. So, uh, and you know, if Ohio State beats Penn State, if Penn State beats Ohio State, then I don't, I don't know what to make of the Big Ten. I don't know if any of you. Well, and that's just it. Like that's the other side of it. Like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, Penn State is not. Let me be clear about something. Penn State is not as bad as they were last weekend against Illinois. They nine times out of ten, they smack Illinois. Um, that that, that just was inexcusable, and it's something. Now, am I saying it's going to happen? No, I I would be as stunned as anybody else. 
But just say, you know, Penn State, who has been in the college football playoff conversation until this past week, goes in and beats Ohio State. Ohio State's now two loss. Um, Penn State's now two loss, but have a top five win, two top ten wins on their resume, a top five win now on their resume. Um, I'm not saying that brings them back into the college football playoff conversation, but it certainly brings Ohio State out of it because they have two losses. But that opens it up for Michigan or Michigan State, the winner of the Michigan Michigan State game this weekend because they're both 7-0. and And then you still have Iowa, who is a one loss. All of a sudden, they're finding themselves back in the picture. All of a sudden, Oregon finds itself in the picture at 7 if they keep winning. Um, the Big Ten, and you kind of referenced this, this was kind of the concern going about the Big Ten. Not saying that the Big Ten is early weak. on. Not saying that the Big Ten's weaker than expected, but the Big Ten's going to beat itself up. Right. Yeah. The Big Ten's going to beat itself up with so much good talent. And um, we we're kind of seeing the signs of that possibly playing out as these weeks progress, because going into last week, Taylor, and, and it still holds true. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State and Penn State all played each other. That, yes. that, that all still has to happen. So moving forward, there's a lot of chaos to, to still figure out to see who can come out of this Big Ten conference. Hopefully hopefully for the Big Ten's sake, that there is going to be one team that is certainly, and the Big Ten champion, in my opinion, deserves it. Either way, the Big Ten champion deserves to go to the college football playoff. But do they have too many blemishes when Cincinnati says they go undefeated for the committee to consider them over that Big Ten champion? I think that would be hard to do, but I, I it's still a conversation until Cincinnati uh, screws up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing um, about – being a strong conference overall is that, yeah, you, you have a, a, a good resume builder because, because all your, your in-conference teams are good resume builders because they're all good teams. Um, and that makes it easy when one team, like usually like Ohio, Ohio state, they, they're usually the ones who kind of run the table in the big 10. And then it's easy to be like, okay, well you're in the college football playoff because you ran the table. You, you didn't lose, you beat all these good teams and then you got your conference championship and now you're in the, uh, the college football playoff. But, yeah, I, I literally, I, I, I mean, Michigan and Michigan State play each other. So one of them will get a loss after this weekend. And then, you know, if Penn State can beat Ohio State, maybe, you never know, maybe, um, then that would be two losses for Ohio State. And then, like you said, Michigan and Michigan State both play Ohio State. And I think they both play Penn State at some point, too. So, yes. it's, yep. so it, you could just have a bunch, like, I don't know how many losses, because when was the last time that we had a college football playoff with a team that had, like, you know, three losses because it could happen. Like it could happen. Three losses. I, I I don't think there. Well, there's certain. There's never. It been. usually doesn't happen. No. There's never a team that's shown up in three. There's teams that have shown up with two. Yeah. Um, but never, never three. Usually three is kind of the end all be all for you. My guess, if I had to guess now, is that Ohio State ends up with just two losses in the conference uh, championship and makes it in, but. You never know. Crazy things have happened already in this in this conference, so I don't I don't know what to make of them. Let's go to this week's slate, and we'll get through it quick because we have a lot of NFL, uh, especially this week, to talk about. <clears throat> um, Coastal Carolina opens up the college football slate on Thursday against Troy. Coastal Carolina is now twenty fourth after being upset last week. Obviously, Penn State and Ohio State is a big prime matchup as well penn state and now number 20 heads to columbus to take on five ohio state cincinnati is on the road to face the one one and six to lane so uh 
don't think Cincinnati's going to fall this week. The game of the week is at noon this week, Michigan at Michigan State in East Lansing. The winner of that is going to be in the driver's seat of the Big Ten. Iowa goes on the road to face Wisconsin. Any game in Camp Randall, actually Wisconsin, believe it or not, is favored in this game. See if Iowa can flip the momentum once again. Now six and one. Texas and Baylor. Baylor at 16 at six and one hosting Texas. Pitt at six and one hosts Miami. Iowa State now back in the rankings at 22 heads to West Virginia. The number one team in the nation, Georgia, has a tough Test on the road against Florida. I do believe Georgia is going to be fine, but that is a tough environment to go into. So let's see how they do. And actually, I lied. That's a neutral site game. So I expect Georgia to absolutely smack them. That's in um, <laughs> TIAA Bank Field, which is the Jaguars field in Jacksonville. So uh, Georgia should handle Florida there. Texas Tech goes on the road to face Oklahoma. Just fired their head coach in Texas Tech. So they're mm-hmm. a program that's looking for its next chapter. Colorado goes on the road to face Oregon at home. Duke on the road at Wake Forest, now 7-0. and Ole Miss and Auburn, a 10-18 matchup in the SEC. Kentucky goes on the road to face Mississippi State. Oklahoma State looks to rebound at home against Kansas. SMU at 19 goes to Houston, so a little bit of a even. The, the spread is even right now. That game is going to be very good. SMU, some believe, is probably the best shot to beat Cincinnati at this point. That is at mm-hmm. the end of the year, so all eyes are on SMU there. North Carolina is on the road to face Notre Dame. Virginia goes to BYU. And then Fresno State, San Diego State. San Diego State 21 in the nation rounds out the weekend. Not many big games but the ones that are are massive with massive college football implications this is what they call statement week in college football and certainly teams that want to leave a final impression with the college football playoff committee as the first rankings come out next tuesday um this is going to be a big weekend for a lot of programs it feels like a really big weekend especially for um the big 10 because because yep. of just the Michigan Michigan State matchup and then the Penn State Ohio State, those are two massive games with consequences that could you know reverberate for not just the Big Ten but anyone who's looking to get into that that top four. And look, Penn um, State could still like it, when you look at Penn State, they could flip this around. I'm not saying they're going to the college football playoff, but you could easily find yourself in a New Year Six. You could possibly go to the Rose Bowl if you create some chaos here. Go on and beat Ohio State screw things up for Michigan and Michigan state and finish a two loss team. You can find yourself. So there's plenty to play for, for Penn state's too. Don't think they're going to roll over uh, in Columbus at Ohio state on prime time. That's just simply not going to happen. And then, like you said, Georgia, Florida, that's an interesting one. Uh, not that I think that Georgia will have any issues, but Florida did give Alabama all it could handle a couple weeks back. Um, I think they came out with a three point win in that one. So I mean, Florida could make some noise if they if they knock off Georgia and take them down a peg, but I don't expect it. No, don't expect <laughs> it at all. Um, no. A lot of big games. I, I mean, I'm going to still be locked into my Penn State Nittany Lions. Do not think I'm giving up on them, but uh, the college football <laughs> playoff 
is certainly not a realistic goal anymore. Um, before we head to the NFL, I do want to remind our listeners we are sponsored by Mohawk Honda and the current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this truly a perfect time for you to get top dollar for your vehicle. And by the way, right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take advantage of that Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. They will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't buy from them. And that's a pretty sweet deal, especially for recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or some extra cash, which is a lot of people nowadays. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept their lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles and their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. And you can also check out their full selection online. So say you can't make it there that day, you can still see what they have, or you want to do some research before you head to Mohawk Honda. They have that avenue for you to do just that. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager, or Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, even Louie, the VIP man Morales, or one of the many other helpful sales consultants. There at Mohawk Honda, their vast selection of Honda certified pre-owned vehicles is plentiful. So now is the time to take advantage of that Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer that I was just telling you about. Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Week 7 is in the books, Taylor, in the NFL. We're on to Week 8, but before we get to Week 8, we have to do our Week 7 recaps and our Pick'em update you Got the tiebreaker, Taylor. We only had one game difference, and uh, the Raiders beat the Eagles, and we'll, we'll get to that. Don't you worry. Um, I was there for that game, and we'll get <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But uh, you were nine and four last week. I was eight and five. I have a three game lead on you at seventy one and thirty six. You are sixty eight and thirty nine. We have another big slate. Last week was kind of the toughest week, I think, of most teams um, all season long on a bye. Uh, this week, there will be a couple more games to pick from. Um, but let's start with, uh, obviously, the Thursday night game was kind of baffling. We both got that wrong. Uh, Cleveland uh, beat Denver. And we we talked about Denver early on in the year, about being one of the more impressive teams uh, quickly going downhill. The Browns did just enough with Case Keenum and the Band-Aid crew. Uh, Baker Mayfield may be returning this week. We don't really know just yet, but this is a team trying to chase down the Ravens at the top of the division, the Bengals at the top of the division. The Browns are still right there. Um, they got they got the best of a Broncos team that is completely spiraling out of control. The defense is not forcing any turnovers. They're giving up uh, plentiful runs of, of 20 plus yards a carry. Um, they might be getting Jerry Judy on offense, but Teddy Bridgewater, this is why you don't go very far with Teddy Bridgewater uh, at quarterback fails to move the ball down the field at an effective rate really limits what this offense could do, especially with the weapons that they have, they should be able to do more, but Bridgewater doesn't provide that, uh, interesting game to kick off the week slate that found Cleveland, uh, taking that one against Denver. Yeah, that was truly weird. I mean, we thought that, you know, with Baker being out and with all that turmoil there injury-wise with Chubb and Kareem Hunt being out, that you would have a, a prime opportunity if you're... Um, Coming to arrest you, Taylor? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Um, prime opportunity to, to get this win, to steal a win, 
um, the Browns coming off a short read too. It was like the quick turnaround there. And I think it just goes to show that when we look at it overall, Denver is just not a good team. And they're a far cry from the 3-0 and team that they started at. We knew that this was the case as they play teams like the Jets, the Giants, I think they played early on. But it, it, when you play bad teams in the beginning, it's easy to look great. Um, but the, this Denver team is just, it's just not. It's just not there. Let's talk about another team in Denver's division. And that team would be both our Super Bowl picks. And uh, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Oh, my goodness, Taylor. First of all, the the Titans just absolutely obliterated uh, Kansas City to the tune of 27 to 3. The Titans went on a rampage defensively uh dominated the front of the chiefs got to patrick mahomes sacked him four times intercepted him once forced mahomes to fumble uh scramble run for his life kansas city only converted four of 11 third downs and by the end of the game mahomes was getting helped off the field um he was in so much pain from just getting tossed around like a dog toy all day um the chiefs Taylor, I mean, and we're learning that the AFC is tighter as expected, and the Chiefs are on the verge of spiraling out of a playoff picture at this point. Do I think the Chiefs inevitably make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. But the Chiefs can no longer count on scoring a large number of points behind Mahomes each week, which is kind of what they've been doing for, I don't know, three years now. Um, That illusion really was put to bed by the Titans. Uh, The Chiefs were shut out in the first half allowed a field goal in the third quarter. That was it. The Chiefs have committed at least two turnovers in the past five games. The Chiefs should be afraid to find out how much worse their defense could look. Um, Their next four opponents, Rodgers and the Packers, Carr and the Raiders, Dak and the Cowboys. Um, This is not good for a Kansas City Chiefs team that's trying to get right, especially on defense, to have three of the top high-powered offenses coming into town and and simply with an offense that seems broken. Yeah, it's (laughs) another team that they're just really weird. Like it's so hard to, to, to place what's going on with them. And it just seems that like, well, it starts with Patrick Mahomes and whether or not we both think probably think that he's still the best quarterback in the league. I mean, I certainly do at his at the peak of his but, power. But he leads the but he but leads the not, league in interceptions. He's yeah. not the best. Like, look, Patrick Mahomes is still the goat right well, Brady's the goat, but Patrick Mahomes I think is still the best quarterback. But however, right now, yes. He's playing badly though. You can't you can't deny that he's not playing badly. He's no. trying to do too much. He's not looking for the easy pass. Um, and it's getting him in trouble. I mean, again, I think the interception he threw, I think again, went off the hands of one of his receivers, but, but it's bad decisions. There's guys that are open down the field, um, that he's not going for. And then he, I mean, the offensive line isn't doing as well as we all thought that they would. Um, I think they're struggling, uh, especially on like in this game, they were just getting beat on the edges, like by faster linebackers. Um, and that's a problem. And if, if you're not being aware and making the right read, which it seems like he's not right now, I don't know what's going on. And I do expect him to play better, especially like this next game coming up. I know we'll talk about it in our picks, but mm-hmm. they're playing the giants. That's a great yeah. game to get right. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't mention the giants in their next yeah. couple of games, but, but it's a great game to try to get it together before you face those teams like Dak mm-hmm. and, and wherever else. 
in the next couple of weeks, you need a, a feel good game because obviously this game is going to leave a sour taste in their mouth. And as a Colts fan, I'm really pissed off that they lost because now, you know, the, the, uh, the Titans are, are one step higher to getting that division and it's going to be harder for the Colts to claw their way back. But yeah, they just don't look right right now. And on the flip side, I mean, Derek Henry, what can you say? He is, he is making a name for himself in the MVP race this year. Um, he might have the best chance, I think, to get the MVP as a running back that I can think of in the last couple of years, besides when Adrian Peterson won it back in 2012, I think it was, or something like that. Um, but yeah, the, the Chiefs, Chiefs look weird. Well, as bad as the Chiefs look, the Titans do look better. They're coming off their last two wins, Taylor, against the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, this this is a team that's starting to really feel, and I know you don't want to admit it, but this is a team that's looking like a force in the AFC among the top tier of teams. I mean, the defense showed, and this is what the Titans have always been, is a good defensive game to allow the offense plenty of time to run the football with Derrick Henry and allow that play action for Ryan Tannehill and that offense to absolutely cook. Um, it's showing it's capable of dominating once again. And, and like I said, they, I laid it all out, what they did to my, to Mahomes all, all day. The fact that they held the chiefs to three points. I, I mean, that's the first time that happened to a Mahomes led chiefs offense during the regular season. That just doesn't happen. Um, and this is a team that offensively is starting to find that second gear. Uh, they handled their business in all facets against the chiefs and look like they could really compete and that they, they have. They could compete with any team in the AFC. They've played the top two contenders. I mean, they've they played the Ravens too. But um, this is this is definitely a team that, you know, when you look at them, do you think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl? No, but they certainly have proven they can make a push towards the Super Bowl. Um, I, I mean, look, if they, could, if they could dominate on defense and let Derrick Henry cook, uh, anything is uh, anything is really there for this Titans team. Let's go to... And we have a lot of games to get to, and, and I want to get more to week eight. But uh, the, the Giants, I mean, benching, the, it got so bad that Carolina had to bench Sam Darnold. I don't think any of us uh, saw that coming. Chalk up last week as, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, as brilliant as the Giants' defense was, uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, he, he had one of those games that you look as a Giants fan, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe he is something. Like, look, I don't think that. But, um, yeah, you know, the Giants did enough against Carolina. I mean, the Carolina, another 3-0 and team that, you know, everybody was talking yeah. about. Now the fact that Sam Darnold's getting benched, there's rumors that they may be interested in Deshaun Watson, they're, that some people have shot down those rumors that they're interested in Deshaun Watson. Um, the defense for the Panthers, uh, I mean, say – Say what you want about it, but this is a team that ever since Christian McCaffrey went down offensively has truly struggled. Uh, Sam Darnold has truly struggled. He's a wreck. Um, I think his days as a starting quarterback in the NFL are pretty close to done. Um, it, there's talk that P.J. Walker uh, might find himself as the starting, starting quarterback moving for, forward if Darnold has another repeat performance against the Falcons. Again, we'll talk about that game as well, but uh, the Giants bounce back, and uh, I, I mean, look, do I still think they're one of the worst teams in football? Yeah, uh, you could feel better about the defense. The quarterback played a good game, but I think you got the Panthers at the right time, a spiraling team um, that they were able to take advantage of at home. 
Yeah, and I think just like what we saw with Denver, I think that we're we're seeing the true colors of Carolina. Um, I was hopeful that Sam Darnold would be able to bounce back after being with the Jets, and I I was under the impression that I still believe that the Jets um, ruined part of him, um, and so I thought that a new place would help him out, and it it it's also a testament to. Um, Christian McCaffrey and how much he's built uh, it built up in this offense and that the fact that they rely on him so much that I don't know if that's a good thing. They need to diversify their offense because if he's not out there, um, which, you know, as record shows in this year and last year, he is becoming quite an injury-prone prone player. And especially because the, the fact of the matter is that they rely on him so much that he he's taking on so many touches a game that he can get injured like this um it's a it's a big workload and when he's not out there he just doesn't there's no one to take the pressure off of sam darnold in that way um someone he can dump to and just get him the ball in space and he can go and it's really showing out and i mean it's you've hit rock bottom or close to it it, when you lose to the giants i mean the only (laughs) farther rock bottom is if you lose to like the the lions or the jets but yeah 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 i I just the Giants are bad. I, this doesn't change my opinion of the Giants at all. No, no. If anything, it changes my opinion of the Panthers because I think, again, we picked that the Panthers to win that game, right? Because Yeah, I'm going up. over the game, so we just completely have gotten wrong. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was I think, the third or fourth week in a row that I picked the Panthers to win, and they've lost every single time. <laughs> yeah, so. you, said, you said it. I picked the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. last week you said, I'm going to pick the <laughs> Panthers. Um, I, I don't see how they're going to lose. They've done me dirty three times. Oh, why not four? They've done you dirty four. four so yeah, so now, so now I'm not going to pick them. <laughs> I don't know who they're playing. I haven't looked at it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to not pick them, and then they're going to win next week, of course, because of that's course the way they it are. Of but course Christian, they are. But until Christian McCaffrey comes back, I don't think that the Panthers are going to win a game. And even if he does, it doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win. It just means that they have a chance at least. Let's, uh, let's talk about another game that both uh, you and I got wrong. That would be the Baltimore Ravens absolutely laying an egg against Cincinnati. Now, look, Cincinnati looks very good, um, and we knew Cincinnati was turning the corner. But did I expect them to go into Baltimore and win 41-17? to No, not exactly. Um, they're not – I thought the Ravens were going to run away with the AFC North. Um, they were a touchdown favorite against Cincinnati, had the opportunity to go two games up in the division, but – Instead, they gave up first place entirely, and that secondary and run game failed to show up once again. I mean, the, the Lamar, there was, you know, we were starting to talk like Lamar could make up for any deficiency. He looks like a more all around quarterback. But I, I mean, you can't put that type of offense in a negative game script because you get out of the game plan and, and they kind of build as the game goes on based on the run and based on what Lamar Jackson does best. Um, and this is a Ra- Raven secondary, you know, you you're coming off a performance of shutting down Justin Herbert and then Joe Burrow and the Bengals come in and throw for over 400 yards. It's just, I, I it's hard to tell which Ravens defense is going to show up. And uh, but credit to the Bengals, man. I, I mean, can you yeah. say the transformation is all but complete for them? They're not just playoff contenders, but right now they're in first place in the AFC North. Um, this yeah. was just not two years ago. They were the worst team and they 
they have turned it around with the offense led by Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon in the backfield. Jamar Chase is an absolute stud. Really well complemented by uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and C.J. Zoma at tight end is starting to break out as well. Defense is Mm -hmm. very, very good. Um, Some people say, is it sustainable? Yeah. I mean, it's not just a start anymore. And at this point in the season – They've given you every type of victory in the books. Uh, they, they and beating Baltimore on the road against Lamar Jackson that way. There's no shading the Bengals after this one. It looks like one of the best teams Cincinnati has had in years. Yeah, they're really impressive. And I think I said last week I I, I went out there and I said you know that that Cincinnati is a good team. They're not a great team. I might have to change that. Like they're they're playing pretty great. And if it's sustainable, I mean, I don't see why not. We are. We are now six games in, and it's it's looking that way that like they are they're legit like Jamar Chase for real, so like totally for real. And I'm an idiot for not taking him in any fantasy league. I'm kicking myself to the end of the season that I didn't because I know I had the choice a couple times and I chose not to. Um, but he looks like a steal in fantasy wise, and he it's just looking like the clear number one uh, wide receiver of his class. I mean, Devontae Smith has nothing on Jamar Chase right now. Um, the connection with Joe Burrow is so clean and so good. Um, yeah, the Cincinnati just looks really good. And as for Baltimore, I mean, I, I don't know. The Baltimore looked good, but they've also looked really bad. Like, for, I, I, I go back to the Colts game where I watched that whole game, and for three and a half quarters ish, the the or two and a half quarters, the Colts were were doing really well against them, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. They were able to slow down the run and force Lamar to throw. And until the defense got truly, truly very, very tired, that's when he took advantage of them and did ran the no huddle. But if you try to make a Lamar Jackson throw outside the numbers and throw downfield, he's going to miss some shots. And he definitely missed some shots against the Bengals. He missed a, a few, quite a few overthrows, throws that were just into double coverage where he could have ran even the thing he loves to do. Um, he just didn't look sharp. And I don't know if that was preparedness. They thought that this wouldn't be as hard of a game as it was, but the Bengals are for real, and you can't underestimate them anymore. They they look like they could be a playoff team. I don't know if they're go, they'll go very far, but you know, in the AFC right now, there's a couple teams that I could see at least making the. Oh, absolutely! The, the, the AFC team. is very, yeah. very. Um... Because the very Chiefs, competitive to be there, the, and you could name probably six teams that if you say they go to the Super Bowl, I'd believe you. Yeah, exactly. And so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun this playoff push and in the playoffs because you're right. I, I There's a couple teams that really, really look good right now. Well, let, 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 let's name them. I mean, you have the Bills, Ravens, Titans, mm-hmm. uh, Bengals. I'm still throwing the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs. Uh, you got to. You got to throw in the Chiefs. So that's five. I mean, the I, Browns. Uh, you maybe can throw they, the Browns if they, if they get help. All right, yeah. the Browns, if they're healthy, that's six playoff spots right there. And you, you have to name uh, – I, I mean, you have to I name mean, an AFC I put the Colts, but, like, that's no, just me. I mean, that's just – yeah, that, that is just you. <laughs> I do um, think that they're going to surge, but that, that we'll talk about this in a couple weeks when, when they're there. But that, to your point, I mean, the AFC is very, very competitive right now. And another team that could be surging could be in that conversation here in a little bit depending if they continue. We thought they were going to spiral, and they've only looked better ever since, uh, would be the Las Vegas Raiders. They absolutely manhandled 
my Philadelphia Eagles uh, this past weekend out in Vegas. Do not let the 33-22 score fool you. Um, when it comes to my Eagles, this is the type of loss that torpedoes a season and gets players to second-guess their coaching staff. Now, Philadelphia mm -hmm. is an organization that very rarely has a quick trigger on head coaches. Very rarely. And in my lifetime, especially under Jeffrey Lurie, hasn't. There's only been four head coaches in my lifetime. Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, Doug Peterson, and now Nick Sirianni. Taylor, and I was having a conversation. First of all, Raiders fans are the fucking worst. They are the <laughs> fucking worst. And they have the dumbest chant I have ever heard in my life. All they do is chant Raiders. Like you, you, you suck. You suck. You're a You're bunch of like, scum. Right to Levac. <laughs> no, Levac's a great guy. He doesn't really yeah, represent no, what Ra Raiders fans really are. They're they're psychopaths out there. They are psychopaths. <laughs> um, uh, but I was. We were talking to Raiders fans next to us. Um, the civil ones, and I. I was just telling that, like, there's been a lot of ups and downs over my lifetime as an Eagles fan. Obviously, they just won the, they won the Super Bowl just not three years ago, four years mm -hmm. ago. This was a team under Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz that you thought was going to be a force in the NFC for years. I lived through two of the three seasons under Chip Kelly watching, you know, our franchise running back and franchise wide receiver being traded and cut for buckets of bolts. I've seen Jameis Winston and the mediocre Buccaneers beat the Eagles 52 to 13. And then the Eagles go to Thanksgiving against the three win lions and lose by 30. Again, I've seen, you know, Andy Reed get booed relentlessly and fire Andy chance echo through the link. Taylor, this is the most, and obviously I, I strongly recommend anybody that's an Eagles fan or a Philly fan to listen to Made for Philly that I'm going to be recording on uh, Thursday this week to be aired on Friday. Um, this, and it, and it hurts. It, it does hurt because like the Eagles are, they're more than a football team to people in Philadelphia. Like that, that's the religion, right? You know, I, I always tell people like, People go to church on Sundays, but in Philly, you watch the Eagles. Like, the Eagles are it. Mm -hmm. This is the most embarrassed um, and just disgusted I have ever been with a Philadelphia Eagles football team. Um, you know, you have several days of extra rest after playing a Thursday night game in week six against the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, you look competitive in supposedly use that time to self-scout, make improvements on both sides of the ball. Yet on Sunday, it was the worst it's been. Defense continues to play passively. It was pitch and catch underneath all day for Derek Carr. Didn't get any pressure on him. Defense looked disinterested. While the Eagles offense um, stuck to a run-heavy game plan until late in the game despite trailing by, like, look, run the ball, yes. But if you're down by multiple points, multiple at one point they were down 27 points don't you think you'd want to throw the ball no not nick sirianni not nick sirianni um there was a run heavy game plan until late in the game um 
they they seem overmatched. They seem overwhelmed. This coaching staff is not getting this team prepared. And then I hear today from Nick Sirianni and Taylor. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, video. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> compared Ridiculous. compared his football team to a flower. Um, I I strongly oh recommend. I strongly recommend that you Google Nick Sirianni's flower conversation with the media. Now, keep in mind, he's talking to the Philly media. Or go to your Twitter. Go to your Twitter. Or go to my Twitter. I I have it. And follow us while you're at it. (laughs) Yeah, follow us while while you're at it. Um, Plugs in. Get the plugs in. Got the roots. He's talking about how the roots underground are are broadening. (laughs) They're establishing the root. And now it's on everybody to water and fertilize. I'm sorry, what? No, you're just a bad football team. Come out and say you. And, and he, he had the, like he was. I, I, I'm speechless. That is not what I want to hear out of my football my favorite coach. Thing was at the end of that. Uh, oh, and he stuttered. Yeah, he could, he, he didn't even know what to say. But, and he was like, he was just talking, and he was like, you know. So I got to think about different ways to to talk to the guys about about what we're doing and stuff like that. And I'm like, did you sit down in front of the team? And give them this speech about flowers and sure did. growing underneath. And I'm like, I'm like, how do, can they take sure. you seriously? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say I told you so because I picked the Raiders to beat them. Um, but the Eagles are not a very good team right now. The defense, especially, is what Jalen hurts me. Well, Jalen Hurts is not a franchise quarterback, and the quicker people could figure that out too, the better off this team's gonna be. Well, it would help if he had any sort of running game to back him up at all. Um, but. I, I, I'm more concerned with the defense. I mean, I think the offense has its issues, of course, but I think especially if you rely on Jalen Hurts' legs, he can do a lot of damage with his legs. I know you can't do it 100%, but like if you integrated a lot more rushing and mixed it up with him rushing too, um, I think that the offense could be fixed. And obviously I, want, I would love Every- Devonta Smith to be more involved because I think that he's – a, a really good wide receiver if he just gets more chances. Oh, the, he made one of the best catch. catches I've seen all year against the Raiders last week. I, I, mean. I mean, he 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 is unbelievable. Now, if he had a, like a Deshaun Watson throwing him the football, he'd be a yeah. uh, he's going to be a top ten wide receiver he'd be up in there this with league. Jamar Chase. Like he could he could be putting up. I don't think he. I don't know if he could put up Jamar Chase numbers because I think that Burrow connection is just is just too dirty. Um, but if he had a Deshaun Watson or something, I think he could definitely like the thought of like Deshaun Watson made like you know uh what was it Will Fuller? He made Will Fuller look like the best wide receiver in the league. I think if you had Deshaun Watson, he could definitely do a lot of damage with Devonta Smith. Um, but I do think that it's it's not just it's. I don't think the offense is really playing to Jalen Hurts' strength as much as it could be. And then the defense is horrendous. I'll, I'll, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, yeah, the Eagles are struggling. Uh, I, I think I think there is a very, very good chance that the patience for Jeffrey Lurie is running thin because this is not – like, look, this is not Detroit, okay? This is, this is, not, <laughs> this is not Houston. Uh, the, the owner demands winning. The city demands winning, and this doesn't go on very long in this city. I expect uh, if there is not improvement, Sirianni could be one and done, and Howie Roseman could very well be on his way out as well. This has been a horrendous, horrendous start, um, and this is also the first time since 1999 that the Eagles have started 2-5. and five. So it that kind of shows you how rare uh, of company 
this is for the Eagles. I'm going to run through a couple quick games first because there's really not much to talk about on some of these. Uh, Rams handled their business against Detroit. The Cardinals handled the, their business against Houston. Tampa Bay handled their business against Chicago, um, which leads us to the Sunday night game where your Colts mm. went on and beat the Niners. I think it was the best I have seen Carson Wentz all year. Um, mm-hmm. He looks he looks great. And um, I, look, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest um, that the Colts knew what was on the line before they took the field against the Niners with the Titans winning. They knew they had to keep pace. Um, now three and four. Uh, a rain-soaked game. Carson used his feet, was accurate with his throws, got the ball out quick, used his mobility to extend plays, and the defense, um, you know, they didn't have much of a pass rush. They got one sack on Jimmy Garoppolo. They only have 13 all year, but they can force turnovers and they limit teams to putting up points on the board. I ask you, Taylor, because you obviously know this as well as, as, well as anyone, like, obviously, there's kind of like a, a ceiling for the Colts offensively with the lack of weapons outside for Carson Wentz. They, they really yeah. run the ball with Taylor. Um, there's not many off, you know, take the top off type players off in the wide receiver group for Carson to throw mm-hmm. to. Can the Colts get by with knowing what your ceiling is on offense when defensively you're not having an effective pass rush and really don't force um, really the defense or the opposing offense, I should say, in many negative game script plays? Well, I think it can be deceiving um, not getting the sacks, but I think the pressures were there. Um, I obviously watched the whole game and uh, intently, and um, the offense looked good. Carson obviously looks looks as great as he's ever been. I think he's moving well. He's sliding through the pocket well, and he runs when he has to. Um, I think the offense is getting creative. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is underrated as a running back. I mean, if you look at it right now, as stats are right now, he is the number two rusher in the league, obviously behind Derrick Henry. He is behind Derrick Henry by uh, 290, um, but he's doing it on 86 less carries. Um, so he's a lot more efficient than Henry is. And if he obviously maybe apples to apples, but if you gave him as much carries, which th- they weirdly don't give him a ton of carries, like he, he gets like 14, 15 a game. He's not averaging up like upwards of 20 or more. Um, usually, in, in fact, they I don't think they run as much as they need to with him sometimes, but I do like that they can mix it up. And uh, you talk about the outside weapons, but the more I watch the Colts, they have weapons. I, I really like Mo Ali Cox. He is a red zone monster. Um, obviously, they don't have a legit speedster right now because Paris Campbell is out. He is the guy who can take the top off the defense speed wise. Um, in fact, he hurt himself on a 51 yard uh, touchdown run, a bomb from Carson Wentz. Um, and obviously T.Y. Hill in and out of the lineup because he's always hurt. Um, but when he's in there, he can do damage on the outside. But I'm really impressed with Michael Pittman Jr. That man is a beast, and he's really showing out, especially that game. I mean, he made some great catches where, like, if he's one-on-one on the sidelines, Carson is okay with just kind of throwing it up and putting it in kind of a position to where Pittman can just make a play because the touchdown catch he had, he just went up and over – the defender and then just kept on going and took it in the end zone. He's really impressing me. I think he's going to be our number one wide receiver very soon. If he isn't already because, uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton is out so much, 
but I'm not worried about their off or their their uh, offensive weapons at all. I really do think they can put up points, and if they can run the ball with Taylor, they're a deadly team. And if if the defense can't do enough, um, then you know it's hard to overcome that when you get down by a lot, but the defense is overrated too, underrated too, because if you, if you look at like Darius Leonard, I believe is one of, if not the best linebacker in the league. Do you know, he has eight takeaways on the season in seven games. Oh, wow. He has more takeaways than 14 teams, including your Eagles. You just, you just, you just, you could have just looked at that. You didn't say including your Eagles. I could say I, I can list all the teams, but I, <laughs> but I don't. Oh, no, you had not, to say I'm including the Eagles. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. I'm gonna save right. it for you. But for, yeah, he has he has eight takeaways in seven games. Mainly, That's mainly impressive. a yes, very impressive. Mainly fumbles that he he punches out because he's been so good at punching out those fumbles. But when him himself is putting uh, is putting, giving up eight takeaways uh, for the season, that's. That's ridiculous. And so even if they just bend but don't break and then maybe get that uh, those turnovers here and there, they don't always lead to wins because if you look at the last time they played the Titans, they played them this week too. We'll talk about it. But when they played the Titans last, they actually turned over the Titans three times but still couldn't finish the game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not worried about the Colts at all. I think that they're hitting their stride right now. Uh, they looked great on uh, Saturday, I mean, or Sunday night. Um, I'm Wentz did throw some balls that were questionable. He obviously. did. The, the one, it they almost it got dropped. Even, yeah. 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 The, yep. If it hadn't been raining, I think he would have made better throws anyway. But if he made the same throws and it wasn't raining, he probably had two more picks because yeah. at least one of them went right through the defender's hands. Yeah, I watched um, the but, whole game. But he, uh, but he wouldn't have had the that little fumble thing. So Sat at uh, MGM Sportsbook uh, and watched Ooh. that game. Yeah, it was nice. Oh. It, nice. That was a good yeah. game. It was. It, it was no, it was with the with the rain and the everything. But they're doing it. They Coach are doing it. it. And uh, to cap off week seven, before we get to our week eight preview and predictions, uh, the Saints nail biter against the Seahawks. Um, Alvin Kamara was stellar. The defense was stellar. Jameis Winston did enough. And the Seahawks with Geno Smith under center is just a completely lost football team the saints go on and win 13 to 10 and a little developing news and i'm sure most will have heard about this by the time the show airs but mark ingram from the houston texans back home with the new orleans saints to compliment alvin Kamara in that backfield so the saints going for it they're they're clearly expecting to go and make the playoffs they wouldn't make that trade if they didn't think they would and that wraps up week seven and we move on to week eight taylor and a lot of big games here, and it starts Thursday night, right? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who some deem to be the best team in football, undefeated, last undefeated team in the league, are welcoming Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in town. And that was my – I mean, the Packers have looked fantastic outside of week one. Um, the Packers yes. are a force. This is going to be one hell of a game, the best Thursday night game of the year. Yes, uh, I, I think so. This is a huge game. I mean, if you look at the schedule uh, for the Cardinals after this, they they, they don't have as many um, uh, big uh, tests for their, their, their record, uh, as it were. 
Um, so I think if they get through this, then they may be able to keep that uh, undefeated record for at least a couple weeks after that. So yeah, this is a huge game. Um, if any were a, a game that they that aren't Arizona Cardinals would lose, I, I mean, I think we both predicted them to lose. Um, not the, not last week because they're playing the Texans, but I think we both picked them the Browns to beat them two weeks ago, and they showed up and and really put it to them. Um, they play the Niners after uh, the car, uh, Packers, and obviously the Niners are beatable. And then they play the Panthers, who we we don't believe in, and Seahawks if Russell Wilson isn't back. So this one's kind of really big for them. Um, I, but on the Packers side, uh, we are learning a lot about uh, who's out um, yes. because of because of COVID protocols and and just injuries in general so they are going to be missing what uh jerry alexander is on injured reserve Devonte adams is out with covid protocol um and they're also missing uh adam lazar uh he's also out with uh COVID protocols i believe that came out today so or yesterday um so yeah they're gonna be rough in the wide receiver spot but i think i think i'm picking the cardinals they look good they look good, and with with Packers' weapons being sparse, I think I know. I mean, if you're gonna have any quarterback with, you know, mediocre weapons, Aaron Rodgers is one you could probably count on. But you know what? I'm going with the uh, the Cardinals in this one. I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. If they are the team that I think they are, and granted, they are shorthanded. Not having Devontae Adams is a complete game changer. However, Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. And yes. I do expect the Packers, and still has Aaron Jones. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is expected to come back. Robert Tunyon could probably be more involved in the offense. You have a very good tight end there that's not simply used enough in that offense. The pairing of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield, I, I like this Packers team. Um, not saying that the Cardinals don't look good because they certainly look good. However, they played Houston last week and kind of struggled for about two and a half quarters. So um, I'm going to go with the Packers on this one. But, you know, I that's kind of going a little risky simply because of what uh, the situation injury-wise is yeah. for the Packers. However, I feel good about it. Let's go to a game that won't need as much uh, analysis, which would be the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals that we just talked about heading to <laughs> MetLife to take on the Mike White-led Jets. Oh, um, Zach Wilson. God. Zach Wilson is out two to four weeks with a PCL sprain. They just traded for Joe Flacco from the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles get a conditional uh, sixth round pick. That could be a fifth round pick from the Jets. Uh, but Mike White is going to start this week for them facing the Bengals. Um, maybe keep it under 50 would be a win for the Jets. I'm not sure, but <laughs> Bengals by a lot. Yeah, the line right now is only Cincinnati minus 10, which I think... I mean, it is Jets are the home team, um, so it's really it's 13. But the against Mike White, yeah, no, yeah. but I think that they could go a lot higher than that. Uh, so if you're a betting man, I would get in on uh, Cincinnati at that yes. line. Yes, hammer it, yeah, hammer the hammer spread for, for sure at right now at, at at ten and a half because the Bengals are going to absolutely murder the Jets. Yeah, they're um, my survivor it, team this week. Yeah, this would be close. my my lock of the day of the week like there's no way that the Bengals are losing to the jets 
um, unless that, something catastrophic happens. Especially, I think just- even if I think even if Joe Burrow gets hurt, knock on wood, pray to God he doesn't. But like, even if Joe Burrow gets hurt, this is an Bengals team. Yeah, I mean, no, the Bengals right. have all the weapons. Even without Burrow, I mean, obviously you'd want Burrow, and I don't, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I do well, not. Either way, either way, it used to be I, AJ I, McCarron. Yes, it, it it's actually still might be. I'm not sure. Um, but either way, yeah, you're you're right. I I wouldn't. I'd probably still pick the Bengals. This is this is this is going to be a murder. Let's go to this next game, big divisional round matchup for uh, Taylor's Indianapolis Colts. Big divisional game against those Titans. Uh, they're you know Colts three and four trying to reel back Jake Tennessee Browning. a little bit. Uh, oh, Jake Browning. Game. Yeah, no, that's not great. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> The Colts and the Titans, Derrick Henry and the Titans team playing better than ever. The Colts playing better than they have all year as well. Um, but I think the difference here, Taylor, and you obviously know more. You could break down this game a lot better than I could. However, coming off wins against Kansas City and Baltimore, or, uh, Kansas City and uh, um, Buffalo, this Titans team is just playing so dang good right now. I, I, I have to go with the Titans, not saying that it's not going to be a close game, not saying the Colts can't win this game, but Titans, I, you can't stop Derrick Henry. This defense is playing too well. Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown are starting to get hot again. I like this Titans team too much. Yeah, um, I see where you're coming from. Um, the only thing that I'll say, and I, I'm – I think I'm going to go with the Colts because just the way that the Colts are playing right now, they are surging. They've only gotten more hot. They have all the momentum in the world. I know that Tennessee also has a lot of momentum. Um, but if you look at the last time they played, they played earlier this year, 25-16 win for Tennessee. Um, that game was rough um, because the Colts got in the, the end zone, uh, red zone a couple times. They just couldn't really um, put it away. And... Um, that was the game that was right after the Rams game. So Carson Wentz was playing on two sprained ankles. And so he was basically a statue in there. And so that's that's the difference. So anything you saw in that last game, I would throw it out the window. This Colts team is almost completely different because Carson Wentz can move. Carson Wentz can make plays with his feet. He can make room for himself to make throws down the field. Um, I think they're going to be relying a lot on Jonathan Taylor. And yes, you can't really stop Derrick Henry, but I trust the Colts. Um, more than most teams to have a game plan to at least slow down the run and maybe force them to use the pass more, which Tennessee can obviously burn you there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins this game. But historically, the Colts usually play pretty well against Tennessee. Um, And so with that in mind, with Carson Wentz playing better, with Jonathan Taylor playing the way he is, um, the offensive line is healthy, or Quentin Nelson is back, obviously. Um, so with all that being said, I think that I'm going to pick the Colts in this one because the Colts need this game a lot more than Tennessee does. Tennessee is coming off of two high level emotional wins. Um, I think that the Colts are going to come in and really put the stamp on this game and and try to get back into this division race. So you going with the Colts. I'm going with the Titans. It should be one of the better games of the week. Uh, Rams at Texans. I mean, come on. It's like Cincinnati and the Jets here. (laughs) 
yeah, no, Rams at Texans. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. The Rams, I mean, the Rams haven't looked as good as I thought they would, and I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Um, but they look good enough to beat the Texans soundly yeah. because the Texans are bad. <laughs> uh, that would be an understatement. Big divisional game coming up. We don't really know. This is going to be a tough game, Taylor, because we don't really know what the Browns are going to have. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers, who squeaked by against Seattle two weeks ago before their bye. Um, I mean, look, Pittsburgh's playing better. The defense is good. Cleveland, their defense is one of the best defenses in all of football. However, we don't know if Baker's going to play at the time of this recording. I mean, we have to base our picks on based off what we know, and we don't know a lot about the Browns. Don't know if you're going to have Nick Chubb. Definitely not going to have Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson looked good in place of them. Um, OBJ and Landry don't really know um, how involved they're going to be if Case Keenum has to throw the football again for them. This is a tough game to gauge because, one, it's a tough game even if they are all healthy. Um, but throwing in the injuries – now it's, I mean, it's a, it's a coin flip. Yeah. I mean, if they were all healthy, I would be, I would be picking the Browns and I would be feeling good about it because I don't think the Steelers are a very good team. I think Raftisberger is old. I agree with you as well. To retire. I agree with you fully. <laughs> uh, the, def- the defense is good, obviously for the Steelers. And uh, uh, it, well, it has, I mean, it's had its moments where it hasn't looked very good, but you still rely on, you know, TJ Watt and those guys. Um, you think that they're going to put up at least a fight on defense, but their offense is meh. And, but that be, all that being said, that would be if the Browns were healthy, but they're not healthy. We don't know if Baker's going to play. I, I, I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, we don't, do we know if Chubb is, I think Chubb is going to play. I don't think that's Kareem leaning towards it. Kareem Hunt's yeah. on IR, but yeah. Baker, he's going to try to play, but so one, even if he does play, how effective is he going to yeah. be Two. And if he doesn't play, you have Case Keenum again. Yeah. And, and they work Case against Ke- Denver, but I don't think it's going to work against Pittsburgh. I don't know. Case Keenum is not the worst backup in the world. As, no, he's not. Honestly, but... he's probably one of the best backups, if not the best backup. Um, I, I don't have a list of backups in front of me, but I mean, Case Keenum was a starting quarterback and led a team to the NFC championship yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, if, if any backup was to – come in and do well. I mean, we just saw it. I mean, Denver's not a very good team, but Case was able to do enough. Uh, so this, this one's really tough. It, it literally is a coin flip for me too, especially with, with all the injuries. Uh, Cleveland's getting three and a half because they're the home team. So it's really just a push. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers. I think the Steelers are just going to, do enough they're gonna do enough maybe Najee Harris gets gets some good run in um yeah I think so, the, the Steelers yeah Steelers yeah. defense are gonna do enough to frustrate Case Keenum if he plays and if I Baker agree with plays, you I feel like an idiot but no I, I agree with you and even if even if Baker plays I still think I'm I'd go Pittsburgh like look it's a very tough game to predict Either way, but I think I just I want to see Cleveland do it and get healthy again. I I mean at at full strength. I mean this is a no brainer. I I would take Cleveland, but uh, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh with this one as well. And then this next game, um, talked about how bad and how embarrassed the Eagles 
have been for me and I'm wearing a shirt, you know, my team is playing like shit, pass me another beer. Um, however, they're playing the Detroit Lions and the Eagles may be a bad team, but the Lions are badder. They're worse. They're not good. They're a joke. They suck. So if the Eagles lose this game, I'm going to jump off a bridge, but I'm don't, I don't think I'm going to have to get there. I, I, if the Eagles lose this game, I'm never picking them again this year. But they're going to beat the Detroit Lions on Halloween. <laughs> I mean, they're not, really... If they give the Lions their first win of the year, <laughs> you do not want I – I may not do the show next week. I'm truly, truly, truly tempted to pick the Lions just because – I don't know. I mean, the Eagles are playing very badly right now. And the Lions don't. Detroit's have been a win. playing all bad all year. At least there's some potential in weapons with the Eagles. I mean, I mean the the Lions nearly beat the Ravens. They almost beat the Vikings. <laughs> they, I mean, I mean, I'm picking, I'm picking the Eagles. Let's be honest here. I'm not not beating around <laughs> the bush. I'm not picking the Lions. I'd be dumb to pick the Lions, even if I thought that they were maybe an upset. They're still the underdog. They're still 0-7. They're still a bad team. And I do think the Eagles, like I said, have ways to win. I think their offense is better than than they're showing right now, and I think oh, yeah. they have the potential to. Um, their defense is pretty bad, but not as bad as the Lions, hopefully. I, I, I mean, when Jared Goff is having to throw the football, good things can happen for your defense. Uh, San Francisco <laughs> at Chicago. Look, you want to talk about bad offenses. Um, whatever Chicago thought they were doing against Tampa Bay, and I get it, it's Tampa, but I, I, I wonder if this coaching staff and what the Bears are trying to prove right now is hurting Justin Fields and damaging what he could be as a quarterback in this league. Um, San Francisco is just miles ahead, even coming off a loss against the Colts, miles ahead as a team over Chicago. I just don't see an avenue for the Bears to win this game. Well, fun fact about the Bears, um, my running uh, Buccaneers rushing stat uh, joke, uh, Khalil Herbert of the Bears running back now has the most rushing yards against the Buccaneers defense with 100 in a game where they only had three points. But he somehow got to 100 yards rushing against them. It's Weird. because they weren't. That's because they didn't want Fields to throw the football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently three ints. Yeah, that that's pretty rough, I, especially against Tampa Bay. Who, I mean, this year, if there's any place in their defense that you could pick on, it's their secondary. And so to throw three ints against that secondary is rough. Forty um, Niners. You know, after watching them, they definitely have the potential to be the Forty Niners that they were. Um, especially like the first drive against the Colts, I was really starting to sweat because they the their first like four you know five scripted plays where they just kind of like ran right down the field doing the the runs that they've been known for the the reverses that make you look one way and then cut it back the other way confusing the defense. If that kind of 49ers come out, then they can win more games. But I just don't know after those scripted plays where what they're really doing. Um, and then, you know, maybe if Trey Lance were to come back, they, they would start him, but I don't even know. They have a quarterback controversy on their hands as well, because like I thought in the beginning of the year that if Garoppolo was playing well, that they would leave him in. He hasn't been playing bad, but he's just been, you know, meh Garoppolo. Um, but yeah, I, the bears are bad though. 
So I think I'm leaning 49ers in this one. Um, yeah, I'll take the 49ers, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears beat the 49ers because I don't think that they're as good as I thought that they were. Let's go to Carolina, and you asked who Carolina and Sam Darnold was playing next. They play the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, the Falcons are kind of turning it around. Like, they haven't really beaten anybody impressive, but they held on against Miami last week and are now three. I mean, they're three and three now. So, um, Falcons team looking better, looking better offensively against Sam Darnold, who is on the verge of being benched permanently for the care excuse me, Carolina Panthers. Um, I am going to take the Falcons in this one. Well, the, the Falcons three wins are against the giants, the jets and the dolphins. Um, so not impressive wins by any means. Um, and they've lost to the Eagles in the, in, in Washington. So, I mean, the Falcons don't look great, but I vow to not pick the Panthers this week, regardless of anything. So I'm going to pick the Falcons. I mean, the, um, you, you could you could say who the Fal- the Falcons have lost to, but the Panthers just lost to oh, who no. we view as one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFC. No, no, I, I I totally don't think that the Falcons or Panthers are a good team. I think this is a game against two bad teams. Um, but I'm not picking the Panthers again, and until they get Christian McCaffrey, at least. I'm not going to pick the Panthers. A uh, divisional matchup that I I think is a pretty easy pick. I think Taylor will as well. The Dolphins head up to Buffalo to face the Bills. Yeah, uh, Bills take this one. Bills are the better team. And, and until the Dolphins get uh, Deshaun Watson, um, they're not going to be. Stop. No, the Eagles. <laughs> they, they're not going to be in the discussion um, for, for a, a anything in that division. Um, Bills own this division. Uh, it used to be the Patriots to own, but now it's the Bills to own, and I think that they will continue their winning ways against the Dolphins. This this might be a massacre. Um, the yeah, line is it, no, not might and be. a half. It will be. Uh, I don't understand how how the Bengals versus Jets is what ten, and then and the this Bills is thirteen is and 13, a half. Yeah, that don't make sense to me. I mean, the Bills are the whole team, so I guess I don't know. So, so I guess they're both saying thirteen and a half yeah. in a way. All right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, they're both saying yeah. Fair. So, okay. Fair enough, I guess. Um, Patriots coming off, obviously, a drubbing of the Jets, uh, but really just not a great team overall. Chargers have had a full week and, a, and change to sit on that drubbing they've had against the Baltimore Ravens. I think this Chargers team is going to turn it around. Justin Herbert and company face Bill Belichick and the Patriots. However, this Chargers team is much better than we saw two weeks ago, and they're at home. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Yes, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I don't even think we mentioned the Chargers when we were we were rattling off all those AFC teams that are really no, good. we did. The, Char- the Chargers are in that. T- I think they're the only one we missed, but um, the Chargers are very much in that in that mix for a really good team. They're led by Justin Herbert, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, dis- despite the drubbing heat they just took. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to also go Chargers. I think that the Patriots aren't a very good team. I mean, anyone can destroy the Jets, and especially Bill Belichick always has the Jets number. So any, anything they do, like that 57 points, like, oh, that's cool. But that's that's just what Bill Belichick and the Patriots do to the Jets. Like, they just have their number. Um, and so I don't really put stock into that um, as like, oh, you scored a ton against a terrible, terrible, terrible team that you always beat and you know the tendencies of. So that doesn't mean anything to me. Patriots are still bad. Uh, Chargers are um, really good, and I think that they win this game. This one is 
maybe tough to pick. Um, I'm having trouble with, with it. Jacksonville obviously had a big win before their bye week. Go up to face Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. They were competitive against the Saints. They ended up losing. They are 0-2, though, under Geno Smith with losses to Pittsburgh and, of course, New Orleans. Jacksonville coming off their first win of the year out in London against the Dolphins. Um, obviously, you could look at this in two ways. The Seahawks are a bad football team. Or the Seahawks have been unlucky against Pittsburgh and New Orleans, have been competitive against those two teams. And then on the flip side, is Miami that bad? And that's why Jacksonville won? Or is it finally starting to come together for Trevor Lawrence as a rookie and they could do enough on the road at Seattle to take out the Seahawks? Um, yeah, you're right. This is this is a pretty tough game to call. Um, because obviously if Russell Wilson was playing, wouldn't even be close. The, yeah. Wouldn't even be the close. Seahawks and wouldn't think twice about it. Um, but we don't trust Gino. Gino's not very good. He is a backup for a reason. Um, barely. I mean, it was, it was close against the saints. They did. They held in there. Not that the saints are a great team. I mean, they're really an up and down team to say the least. Um, but I just have a real hard time picking the Jaguars. Right. Like ever, <laughs> uh, um, you know what? I'll tell you my my dis, my tiebreaker after you say yours. I'm gonna pick the Jaguars, and my tiebreaker is simply, I I do think when it comes down to it, Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. Um, and that's kind of what it is. I think for me. you and I are better quarterbacks than Geno Smith, bud. Um. <laughs> um i'm i'm taking seattle even so um i the the reason i'm taking seattle is it's in seattle and you kind of saw the effects of it and what it did to the saints offense and Jameis winston on monday night i feel good enough about that seattle could pull off and win this game um i don't feel great about it I might even take the Jaguars in a parlay this weekend. However, for the sake of this, I'm taking the Seahawks. All right, let's go to Washington and Denver really quickly. Not much to talk about here. Taylor Heineke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Two teams spiraling out of control. It is in Denver. Who do you got? All right, so I think I'm going to go Denver in this one. It's close, though. Um, and I do think that Denver is not a very good team, but Washington has just been horrendous. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going Broncos. I don't feel great about it because this is another hard one to pick, I think, but, um, Broncos need a comeback win after that, that brutal loss. So yeah, I'm, I'm um, going to go, I think Denver has enough, right. I, and they might be getting Jerry Judy back. They have yeah, enough. That'd be, that'd be big for them especially running the football. Washington's just horrible. Um, they are just not a good football team. And that defense who everybody, including someone on the show was so excited hey, about is just whatever. Abysmal. I'm I mean, giving up is, on them. I'm giving up it, on them. As you should, as you should. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Denver as well. Uh, Tampa Bay. Than I should have, but um, yes, you did. I'll give you credit though. You're sticking to it. Uh, Tom Brady is probably playing the best football of his career. And that's not even really an exaggeration. And, it's impressive oh what my he's goodness gracious. I just looked at his, his 
21 touchdowns. Yeah. That's incredible. Tommy uh, TB12 is playing the best football of his career, and the Buccaneers are just getting better and better by the week. They head down to New Orleans, which is not an easy place to play. Divisional matchup. However, the Saints have been squeaking by when they win games, and most recently squeaked by Seattle and Geno Smith. Um, They're just – look. The Saints can be good. Jameis Winston has the ability to be good, but he hasn't shown it consistently. And against the Buccaneers team that is uh, rolling on all cylinders right now, yeah, there is absolutely no way I'm taking this upset. I'm going Bucks. No, I think Jameis Winston is basically the embodiment of um, inconsistency. We just never know what, what quarterback we're getting out there. I thought that he would do better overall with the Saints. I thought that he could turn it around. And not that he hasn't he hasn't been as bad as he has been in the past when he played for the bucks. But uh, yeah, I think Jameis Winston is just a guy you can't trust. And on the other side, you have Tom Brady, who is the ultimate guy you can trust. And I almost never bet against Tom Brady. Um, he's having nor a tremendous should you. year. No, yeah, nor should you. He's having a tremendous year. 21 touchdowns is just, just too good. Um, yeah. I'm picking the Buccaneers. Let's go to the Sunday night game, Dallas at Minnesota, and this kills me. Oh, God, it fucking kills me. Um, Dallas is just the better football team. They are. They're opportunistic on defense. Their offense is playing very well right now. The Vikings don't really know what you're going to get week in and week out from them. You talk about inconsistency with the Saints. The Vikings are basically the same thing. Look like they could beat the best team in football one week, and the, then the next they look like the worst football team in in the league. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys um, who's quickly running away with the NFC East, not there as a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to win the division. Um, Dallas will win Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that the, the Cowboys are a Super Bowl favorite or contender in that regard. Um, but I'm starting to lean that way. I mean, they do look really good and their offense looks ex- explosive as all hell. And like you said, their defense isn't great, but it's opportunistic enough to overturn them, uh, overturn and get turnovers and, and, and flip game scripts like that. Um, and the Vikings very consistent. You never know. Like, you, like it's literally what you said. Like you never know how they're going to play. Sometimes they play great. Sometimes they play like shit. So and also prime time, and you know how uh, Kirk Cousins plays in prime time sometimes. Um, sometimes, he, he, pretty much all the time. Yeah, pretty much all good. the time. He is, he, he's a very bad record um, in prime time games, and so it, with all that putting together, I think Dallas wins this game. Monday night. Now we talked about the Chiefs' struggles and you know how bad they have looked. However, they're facing the Giants at home. Um, if you think I even for a second, would consider the New York Giants in this game. You haven't been listening. Kansas City by a lot. Yeah, I mean, as bad as the Chiefs look, the Chiefs look quote-unquote bad, and Patrick Mahomes looks quote-unquote bad um, just because of the high standard that we hold them to, um, just because we've seen them absolutely dominate the league for the past three years of Patrick Mahomes' career. Um but when it comes down to it, when you really look at the numbers, yes, Patrick Mahomes is tied for the most interceptions in the league with Zach Wilson, which is hilarious to say. But that's just um, a product of him trying to do too much and getting too fancy with it sometimes. But it, when it comes down to it, he has 18 touchdowns. The offense is still there. Um, the defense mm-hmm. is horrendous. Um, but, yeah, Chiefs are going to beat the Giants. The Giants. <laughs> And this is a, 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 another game where the Chiefs need to, to stay alive in their own minds. It, like, if they lose to the Giants, 
it's it's probably like a real mental blow for the Chiefs. So I don't think they can afford to lose this game. So either way, uh, Chiefs Chiefs are my pick. They're only getting nine, nine and a half as the home team. So really like six and a half, yeah. uh, which is, I would think a little low. I mean, I know the Chiefs have been struggling, but like the Giants are not very good. And the, I'm sure no. the Chiefs are going to, you gotta put some. They're gonna get it right, and the yeah, the Giants have... are a team you get it right against, especially because of the the you name the teams they're playing next in the next <laughs> couple weeks. They really need the Giants. Yes, they do. Uh, game to be a get yes, right. Yes, they game. do. Yeah, so uh, I mean that that wraps up week eight picks and predictions. Um, again, the update is that I am up three games on Taylor. We have. I don't think we differed on much. We differed on yeah, Arizona Green Bay. We differed on Colts, Colts Titans, and Jaguars. Jaguar Seahawks. So there's a chance you have hey. the opportunity to tie me. Hey. But go. I'm gonna double. Am I wait, am I am I up by you're up by three right now? I'm up by three games, yep. Okay. I'm seventy one and thirty six. You are sixty eight and thirty nine. So all right, time for our fantasy studs and duds of week eight. Congratulations, you survived week seven hell of buys. Um, most guys are back now. Last week was not very fun, especially for me. I had like half of my team on a buy, and it showed on my final score sheet. Yeah, um, I was but, hit by a couple buys. It was it was rough going. But we're we're back. We're back. A team is team is getting back and. We need to go to our studs. Uh, there's a lot of interesting matchups this week, Taylor. And if you're looking for one guy, whether it be DFS, to center your team around or think that you could get value in or help you win in your fantasy football matchup this week, who is that guy going to be? All right. So I'm going to go with um, looking at the Rams and the Texans game. Um, so I think game script is going to favor uh, the Rams uh, running it down the stretch. You are taking my guy. Uh-huh. I cannot believe it. You took my guy. Nice. I nice. have to pivot now. Oh boy. So I'm picking. So I'm picking Henderson. Obviously. You mean not um, Sony Michelle? <laughs> no, no, no. So I think uh, just straight up, even if I didn't think that the game script was going to run in the Rams' favor of running it, I'd still think that Henderson could have a really good game against the Texans. I mean, like. If you go two weeks ago, I, I know that I, I tout Jonathan Taylor a lot. Um, I think he's one of the better running backs in the league, but he had 145 rushing yards and two touchdowns against this Texans team. Um, I don't think that Henderson's gonna, Henderson is going to do that, but I think he can definitely break 100 and put up a touchdown, if not more. Um, they're going to be able to move up and down the field, and if they get into the red zone, may, they might just hand it off at the goal line to Henderson. Um, plus I think they're going to get out big and then they're going to run the clock out by running the ball as much as they can. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going with Henderson stealing your pick Henderson for my stud. <laughs> do you have a backup plan? I do. Uh, Good. Khalil Herbert from the bears and look, <laughs> and the bears offense has been kind of terrible. It really has. However, that has not stopped. Khalil Herbert from absolutely balling. He has double digit touches ever since he became the starter. He has at least 15 points every week since he's been the starter. And he is playing so well that they're talking that, that not only obviously has he passed Damian Williams on the roster on the death chart, he may cut 
into David Montgomery's time in Chicago because he's playing so well. Instead of paying Montgomery, they are going to keep Khalil Herbert down the line. Look, Dave Montgomery's have been was having a good year, but this is what happens in the NFL. Injury leads to opportunity, and Khalil Herbert is making the most of it. Um, he has been unbelievable, and he uh, it, it doesn't seem to matter what the game script is because he's also involved in the passing game. He can he can be a three down back. He's having a hell of a year. Um, the Niners defense. Has not been great against the run. I think you saw that last week against Jonathan Taylor. Correct. I mean, this is not this is not exactly a defense that's known. And I picked obviously San Francisco to beat the Bears. I, I have San Francisco's defense in a couple fantasy leagues, but Khalil Herbert, the player, is going to have a very good week because they don't want Fields throwing the football that much. It's clearly something wrong with this offense. They have to centralize the offensive game plan around the run game, and Khalil Herbert is that dude. Yeah, and like I said, he is the highest, uh, he has the most run uh, rushing yards against the Buccaneers defense, which is saying something. And it was a negative game script for him, which is kind of incredible that he was still able to muster 100 yards against the Buccaneers. Uh, when they got down early, they got down often and they only put up three points on the board. You'd think that they would have thrown it more to try to get back into the game, but they didn't. They kept running it and Herbert uh, kept doing things. So I think that that's a great pick. And if you picked him up and you, you have Herbert, good on you. Yeah, I, I have Herbert in one league, but I had Damian Williams in another league. Uh, and when obviously Williams went on COVID, I went and tried to get Herbert and I, I did not get him. I was too low on the waiver wire order. So I missed out on that in one league, but yeah. I got him in another. But um, I was yeah. just straight up not paying attention because I don't pay attention to the Bears as much and I just missed it. So that's on me. That's on me. I could have had him in a lot of leagues where he could have helped me a lot because I'm needy and running back. <clears throat> Thanks to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Speaking of duds, uh, let's go yeah. to the duds of this week. Um, when whether it be a wide receiver, whether it be a running back, whether it be a tight end, who are we avoiding this week? I, I know there's a couple guys that have brutal, brutal matchups. Um, who's a guy that you want to stay away from entirely? Okay. Um, so this one might be a bit of a cop out, um, but I'm gonna go with anyone on the Jets. I, 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 especially not like Bro, Davis. Seriously. Is that what you're going <laughs> Well, so I didn't bad. have everybody on the Jets, but I had Michael Carter. Okay. Well, I, I honestly think anyone, because I was going to say, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Corey Davis. I, I, any of the wide receivers. I mean, they're going, they're starting obviously with Mike White. Um, they're bad as it is. I guess it was um, obvious. I guess I should have yeah, known better. It was it, an obvious <laughs> pick. It is pretty obvious. I mean, they're, they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are going to destroy them. I guess if if anything, maybe Corey Davis and the wide receiver core will do better than Michael Carter just because, you know, game script, the Bengals are certain certainly going to get up quickly, I would think. And so the Jets, if they want any hope of winning the game, they're going to have to be throwing it more often, I would think. Um, but still, I, I just don't trust Mike White and I mean, the Bengals defense is pretty good. I can easily see the Jets putting up like three points and not or no points at all and getting shot. <laughs> I was about to say zero sounds. Yeah, I mean, even even z- more zero points. <laughs> I agree. So like at, at this point, I would just stay away from anyone on the Jets. Um, it's just a black hole for fantasy and don't don't trust them. And I never really go this position, but I know a lot of people out there are very tight and needy. 
Um, there are some people that are, it's at the point of the year where you're streaming tight ends. You didn't get one of the top five guys and you're really hurting at the position. And each week you have somebody else, whether you have, you know, guys that you like, whether it be Kasiki, Azoma, guys like that. However, this weekend, you, you may not exactly like this. Um, Mo Ali Cox, Mo Ali Cox for the Colts. I, I mean, this guy. Had a touchdown last week. Uh, it was, has been very good. Has clear chemistry with Carson Wentz. However, this is a really tough matchup for the tight end position. The Titans are very good against the tight end position. And I feel like this is going to be a game where the Colts are going to be running the football more. And if if the Colts are throwing the football, it's going to be to Michael Pitten, Pittman. I believe Hilton might be back this week. You would know the answer more on that than I would. Uh, but I think Mo Ali Cox is going to be uh, a little quiet this week. Not to say he won't be targeted, but if you're looking for a guy that might get lucky and get into the end zone, you have better options. Uh, I'd avoid Mo Ali Cox as a streamer this week. Well, I'm not going to say that I completely agree with you. Um, of course I don't, you don't. Not, you're a Colts fan. I'm not sure if Hilton's going to be back. Honestly, we probably won't know until closer because he's always questionable. He pretty much literally always is questionable. Um, but but they have like Jonathan Taylor listed questionable this week, and I'm, I'm almost 100% certain he's going to play. Um, but uh, I tend to disagree with you, just, not even just from a Colts fan standpoint, but just from the fact that when they get into the red zone, Carson Wentz looks for Molly Cox a lot. And he doesn't score a lot. He's not a great fantasy asset. But I think if you're desperate for a, a tight end, I don't think it's the worst play in the world to play him because I think that he has a high probability of just getting one of those red zone looks and getting a touchdown. Because when they get into the red zone, he's looked at Molly Cox more than not. Mm-hmm. All if right. They're not running it. I mean, obviously they try to run it first, but if they're not, if they're trying to throw it, it's usually to Cox. All right. We have a couple minutes left. I want to get to a couple uh, loose ends real quick to shore up the episode and we will head on out of here. First things first, the world series is underway between the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Obviously we aren't going to go into a lot of detail on the world series. Uh, we are recording when game two is happening, uh, between Houston and Atlanta, obviously Atlanta took the one nothing lead in the series. Um, Look, this is this is not the World Series I think many people had on their bingo cards, but uh, here we are. Um, what's your gut, though, Taylor? I mean, is this obviously we'll learn more, and people listening to this episode may look at us at, like we're stupid, depending on the result of Game Two. But are you? Do you think the Braves winning Game One is a sign of things to come in this series, or is this something that Houston's going to bounce back from? Well, listen. I do think Houston's going to bounce back. I think that you can't, you can only hold that offense down for so long, especially when you lose a guy like Charlie Morton. I mean, credit to him for playing on a, first of all, throwing 16 pitches on a broken leg. I mean, think about the, think about the amount of weight going on that leg when you're pitching. Yeah, no, that that's incredible. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's advisable to do that, but you know what? You 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 applaud the toughness and the grit and the drive to to do that during a, a World Series. And and if and if the Braves end up winning, that's going to go down as absolutely legendary. Um, but my gut says the Astros come back in the series because um, their offense just 
especially because I, I think we both thought that Boston was going to do pretty well. I thought Boston was going to beat the Astros just because the Boston was so hot. But then the Astros turned it around and basically were like, I'll see you, your, your 12 runs and I'll, I'll raise you 13. Like they were, mm-hmm. they, they were just able to do whatever they wanted at, at, especially in clutch situations uh, with their, their really hot hitters. But I think it's going to be a good one. I think the Braves are going to miss Charlie Morton. Um, ultimately, but guys I, like Ian Anderson. Ultim- ultimately, I think the Astros are going to still win this series. Um, obviously, the Braves taking Game One. Uh, you know that they look impressive. We'll see how Game Two goes. But I still believe in Houston, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the Braves because fuck the Astros. But... You know, it, see, I can't. I have to root for Houston because. I would never Phillies Braves. I am not. I do not want to watch. I do not want to watch. I do not want to watch the Braves win a world series. Okay. I am not there. I am not there. Um, but yeah, no, it, it should be a good series and, uh, we'll, we'll see how game two, um, turns out tonight and moving forward in this series. All right. NBA first impressions were week one. Week one and done in the NBA, and we've obviously had some impressions here, some takeaways moving forward. What I, I mean, I I have a couple uh, of things, um, but what has been your biggest impression takeaway from the first week in the NBA? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, important storylines. Um, I was just looking at a, an article about John Morant and his just John Morant's taking the right lead. Now. Taking the lead. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's incredible what he's doing. I mean, I always thought that he'd get there cause uh, he had superstar written all over him um, from the, from the word jump. Um, and then other than that, I mean, the biggest thing it's gotta be James Harden, I think. And the way that the officiating is kind of affecting his game at this point. And I mean, he's been really vocal about how he's the poster boy uh, for the NBA's new foul rules. Um, but I mean, it does show that he 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 does rely on kind of the tic tac, get my body into positions to where you have no choice but to make some sort of contact, and then I get the call every time and go to the foul line twenty times a game. How the NBA is trying to phase that out, or at least partially phase that out. Um, I don't know if they're overcorrecting at this point, but it seems to be really affecting James Harden. And if he can't play the way he wants to play, um, I don't know if the Nets are going to be as good as they are without Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and I want you know I want to talk to Ellen Bead for a little bit. Obviously, the Sixers have kind of been up and down to start. You kind of kind of expect it. Look, they they look good. I, I'm not really worried about an early season loss to the Knicks. I'm I'm just not there yet. I'm not you know pressing the panic button about that. Um, the extra attention be good, but the extra attention may wear down to LMB um, throughout the year. We'll see what happens, but Embiid has had a lot more freedom to do what he wants, especially after a defensive rebound rather than like funneling the ball to Simmons or another guard and beats actually taking the ball up the floor himself. He's been the primary ball handler crossing half court um, a couple times already. And this is a guy that overall he's averaging a career high in assists, career low in turnovers. Um, He's playing more with the pace. I think he's in line for a monster year. I think he is going to be an MVP finalist once again. 
but I think the Sixers eventually are going to need another all-star talent to pair with him and Tobias Harris to get to that level. Um, something is big in store for the Sixers. However, we mm-hmm. don't know who it's going to be with. Does that make sense? Like they're, yeah. they're going to be a big storyline this year. They're going to be there, but is it going to be because Ben Simmons, you know, gets out of his own head and stops making excuses that he's mentally not able to play bull fucking shit. <laughs> Get your ass head out of your ass. I, I like Get your I, ass out of your head. don't, don't use mental health as an excuse, Ben. Get fucked and get back on the court. Um, or send his ass to Portland and bring in CJ McCollum or, or or even better, Damian Lillard. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, the, the Lake the Knicks are the, I feel like are in in the in a little bit of a the no man's land where like they obviously they they're they're better with Ben Simmons, but if he's not playing 100%, then are they really better than with Ben Simmons and the drama there? And are they going to trade him or are they going to, I don't know, but I think it is going to be a kind of a rain cloud over their head for a long time this season. Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll have a resolution. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the Lakers. Uh, And obviously it's early. We all expect the Lakers to be in the playoffs. However, we kind of told you so. Like, I had concerns about this team and the chemistry on this team and the construction of this team. This team ain't it, man. I, I, I'm sorry, but this team ain't it. It's it's hard to see how they're going to make it work. Um, I mean, I, again, I still never really bet against LeBron James not making it work in the end. It's hard to, but um, at the end, like... It, it's, it's rough, and... and you know, I mean, they had they looked really good against the Spurs. Not that the Spurs are a great team right now, um, but yeah, the first two games were pretty rough. Inconsistency so, so far. Yes, and and LeBron James didn't play in the last game with the Spurs, so that was encouraging at least to, for them to see that they can win games without LeBron, even against uh, mediocre teams. And he won't play against uh, Oklahoma City, which I think is going to be their strategy. And it, whether it's soreness or whatever, I think that this is just him resting in games that they think they don't need him so that they can have him healthy for the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, the Lakers, it's too early to tell because I know that they're going to have kinks and they literally have ju- are just starting to get into it. But um, in terms of that, I, 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 I want to wait and see on the Lakers. Other teams that look good, though, that the Bulls, Bulls starting off 3-0. Bulls look, look very good. Advertised. Now, the conversation is, have they beaten any contenders yet? No. But the Bulls look good. They looked the part, and I agree with you. I mean, you, you kind of threw them as one of that dark horse, top five seed type teams. They absolutely looked the part. Um, am I there yet saying that they're one of the formidable forces in the East? No, but certainly, at least early on, are looking the part. Yeah, and I also would be remiss if I didn't mention my Miami Heat looks pretty good. I mean, they lost to the Pacers, which was ugly, but it, over time, you know, it happens. But we absolutely the NBA. destroyed the Bucks. Yeah, it. But the the thing is, like the NBA, especially early on with player management, like the Sixers have two losses. MB didn't even play in one of them. Um, it's it's tough to gauge with each team early on first week impressions, but at least we're able to piece together. I I, I think some consistent themes are you know for for the season. Yeah, and and like yeah, I mean we're literally three games in, so it's like yep. these are very 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 early impressions, and I'm just saying some teams, especially teams that like Golden State three and zero, good start for them. 
Um, I think we both thought that he would, uh, the, the Golden State would be right up there, especially once uh, when they get Clay and Clay, Wiseman well, back. Clay comes back, yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. be. It, I think they're gonna be definitely uh, a contender up there. I mean, forty-five points for Steph Curry the other day in the first quarter, he didn't miss. He's he picked. Still great. He picked up right where he left off last. Yeah, year. he he is still amazing and early favor for the MVP award. I think he could have had one MVP last year, but um, yeah. I think it's going to be an exciting season and I'm, I'm ready to see how it all develops. Yeah. It's going to be a busy season for sure. In the NBA, uh, it's been fun so far to start Uh college football playoff, big weekend uh, statement weekend for the college football playoff I, college football season, big weekend, big implications for the college football playoff. I should say I get talking fast and sometimes I say the same words twice. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Big NFL weekend as well. We'll we'll see if some of these teams can start to get right. Obviously, we'll touch more on the World Series as we'll have more answers regarding that next week. And, of course, the NBA as well. Um, I do want to mention one last time that this is Sports with a Z and a T sponsored by Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs, Mohawk Condo, and Johnstone Supply in Troy. What what are you laughing at over there? I'm laughing about your – your friggin' tweet while we're on <laughs> the air about uh, Jalen Hurts being traded for Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, Jalen Hurts. Well, well, Jalen Hurts tweeted something. Have those phones ready at seven to look at the Philly sky tonight. Something amazing is happening in Fairmount Park. You being traded for Deshaun Watson? Is that how they're announcing it, Jalen? <laughs> oh, no, actually, I, I do want to touch on. Um, I hope I can find it. There was a report that came out just a couple moments ago from Adam Schefter regarding the future of the quarterback position with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Obviously, it's no secret that they're going to have right now at this time three first-round picks, um, two in the top 10, one is in the top 20, depending on how the Colts go. Uh, And the top three on the list for the Philadelphia Eagles per Adam Schefter Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. The Eagles are armed and ready to make a blockbuster trade this offseason. This was the year for Jalen Hurts to prove it. He is not. Um, this is something that, look, at, at age 33, I'd love to see Russell Wilson. He can give you at least five to seven good years. We're seeing more now than ever quarterbacks going later on in their careers uh, playing effectively and playing good football. Russell Wilson at 33 would be something that intrigues me with the Eagles as Taylor is playing some commercials. Um, ESPN just literally popped I know up. ESPN does it like, all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. But that is, that is something that I would love to see as an Eagles fan. Obviously the trade deadline is next week. Russell Wilson's not getting traded, but keep it locked in because Deshaun Watson, by the time our show airs next week, might be on a new team and might be ready to go playing for a new team. I'd love to see Devonta Smith get uh, a, a real ass quarterback. Russell Wilson deep ball to Devonte Smith. Ooh. I could get on board with that pretty quickly. Yeah, I could too because he's on my fantasy team this wow. year. But it's not going to happen this year. But no, like, it's not going to. Watson, Watson could. Watson could. Watson could. Um, could happen by as early as the next time we record. I, I believe. I believe Watson will be on a new team. Um, supposedly with Deshaun Watson. Uh, the asking price has been firm, but Miami and any other team interested, the asking price has not met Houston's expectations. However, no team is wavering, nor really should it because of the uncertainty around Deshaun. 
Uh, but this yep. this is certainly a a conversation that we're going to have next week, especially if it happens. There's multiple teams interested in Watts' services. Um, Denver is among those teams. Philly, Carolina, they say isn't, but I have a hard time believing that. Uh, Miami mm-hmm. is in as well. Keep an eye on Washington, not for Watson, but, but for if Miami acquires Watson to a Tonga Vailoa to possibly go to the Washington football team. So a lot of movement, a lot of potential there. We will have all the NFL trade deadline recap next week. Um, but for that, enjoy the chaos. Follow us on Twitter at sports underscore podcast, myself at zbrice 21 and Taylor at T lats with two T's and two S's. Anything else before we head on out of here? Um, make sure you give us a five star rating and review us on yeah, Apple, do that too. Uh, YouTube and uh, Spotify has one, I still haven't found it, but if you can find it, go ahead and do that. And also, check out all the other shows because all the Godzilla Media shows are great. Trav and Rigney, uh, great guys. And I, the, I don't know the name of it, I, I'm sorry that I'm trying to plug it and don't even know the name, but the, the movie review podcast that we, we got recently, um, they reviewed Dune and pretty interesting i saw that movie is pretty interesting and also uh, if you want to make some money listen to the closer brian mariano finally getting off the ground with his podcast that's Um, right so get the people paid i think is what it's called yep um so if you want to make some money listen to him and and place your bets so all right everybody enjoy the jam-packed sports world out there be safe this was sports with a z and a t sponsored by johnson supply and troy mohawk honda saving face barbershop we are presented by godzilla media you can catch this episode and every other episode on spotify apple and youtube enjoy the week and we will catch you next week see you